Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. This portion of Acts is a narrative of the trial of Stephen in a Jewish kangaroo court and the testimony of his phenomenal defense in which he takes his accusers on a trip down memory lane that begins with the book of Genesis. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he faithfully delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Best Last Words Ever. So Acts chapter 6, verses 11 through 14 say this, Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They put forward false witnesses who said, this man incessantly speaks about, speaks against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Nazarene, Jesus, will destroy this place and alter the customs which Moses handed down to us. Did Stephen say anything wrong or bad about Moses or about God? No. You'll see exactly the opposite when he speaks. Did he speak against the temple? No. Did he disparage the law? No. Did he say Jesus would destroy the temple? No. Did he say that Jesus would alter the customs of the temple? No. So what provoked all this? Well, in light of the miracles that they couldn't refute and the inability of the Jewish leaders to cope with the wisdom and the grace and the winsomeness and the power of Stephen, they did everything they could to create a riot, stir up the people, stir up the rest of the Sanhedrin, and they put forth lying false witnesses to speak their party line and to fan the flames of hatred focused on Stephen. So let's get into the chapter. We'll at least get started today. Final point is the answers begin in Genesis. It wasn't just that nice guy from Australia, Ken Ham, who was the first to recognize that the answers to the most important questions begin with the book of Genesis. You will marvel at what Stephen says right from the start. Now, there's one of those uh, completely irrational chapter divisions at the end of chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 7, same scene, same people, same place, same subject, same day, okay? Chapter 7, verse 1 says, the high priest said, are these things so? Now, remember, they dragged him before the council. That refers to the, the Sanhedrin, 
the, the, the group of chief priests that, that they were kind of the governing entity under Rome of Israel. They, the Sanhedrin was a, a special place uh, adjunct to the temple. They, they sat in a large circle and anybody that was on trial was brought right into the middle of it so they were surrounded by their accusers who could pepper them with questions. And the high priest simply says, are these things so? Well, these things what? Are you blaspheming Moses and God? Do you demean the temple? Do you disparage the law of Moses? Do you say Jesus will destroy the temple? Do you say that Jesus wants to alter the customs of the temple? Every one of those accusations against Stephen was patently false. This was not an investigation seeking to find the truth. This was a lynching party. It was driven by religious hypocrites of the highest order. They claimed to speak for God, and yet they were willing to kill those who believe in the Son of God and preach His gospel, just as they had killed the Son of God Himself. So chapter 7, verse 2, we get to the words of Stephen. And he said, Hear me, brethren and fathers, The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Hear me. That's an interesting way to to begin it. It's, It's a formal thing. It's another call to the enemies of Christ to come and listen. It was like when Peter said in chapter 2, men of Judea, listen to me, here's what's going on. Or when he said in chapter 3, men of Israel. Or when he said in chapter 4, rulers and elders of the people. The the Christians always spoke respectfully, honoring the the titles and the positions and the traditions uh, around them, even when the audience was very hostile. Stephen's accusers didn't show him the least respect forcibly dragged him into this interrogation, but he addresses them with respect, calls them brethren and fathers. He calls them brethren to emphasize, guys, I'm a Jew. I'm with you. Let's go look at what the Word of God to us actually says. And he calls that group fathers because he's respecting the, the, the traditions of the temple and the, and the priesthood as well as the scriptures. He, he, he just, he's being respectful. Now, his accusers have already brought up Jesus. They already made these ridiculous um, accusations against him. And so what does he start out with? The God of glory, Abraham, Mesopotamia, and Haran. And they could have been saying, what? We didn't bring you here to give us a history lesson. But they'd already brought up Jesus. And so what Stephen does is absolutely brilliant. He goes back to Abraham. He knows that the answers to the most important questions begin in Genesis. Now, without looking at your Bible... Do you know where to find Abraham going to Haran in your Bible? Okay, it's Genesis chapter 11. I'll give you the answer so I don't lose you the rest of the morning. As we've been learning in our daily email studies from Genesis chapter 12, Abraham becomes the central figure in Genesis for about roughly 10 chapters. So, 
The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran, and then verse 3, and said to him, leave your country and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. Now you see in the version I'm showing you, that's in all caps. That's the New American Standard custom for showing this is a direct quote from the Old Testament. That quote is from Genesis 12.1. And again, I emphasize, it's brilliant. Stephen preached Christ. He did miracles in the name of Christ. The gospel is all about Christ. But when he begins his defense, he backs up to Abraham because there's context that needs to be understood. Jesus didn't just appear from nowhere. He didn't come along and and build up his resume so that he could run for office. He came according to the plan of God in the fullness of time, exactly when God wanted him there. It's one seamless plan of redemption, and you can't possibly understand Jesus if you don't understand why He came, and that this is part of an eternal plan of God. It was first announced right after the fall in Genesis chapter 3 when God promised a Redeemer, and then all the promises of God fan out from the Abrahamic covenant. That's the covenant that's the grandfather of all the covenants in the Bible. Then chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. It says, Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, uh, God had him move to this country in which you are now living. But he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground, and yet... Even when he had no child, he promised he would give it to him, the land, as a possession and to his descendants after him. As I said before, this is brilliant. Um, Stephen tells the story of the plan of God. It is sprinkled with Old Testament quotes, but a lot of it is Stephen summarizing the narrative from memory. And I urge you to follow Stephen's example. Make it your long-range plan and your regular habit to continually fill in your understanding of the mighty works of God as revealed in the Bible. And you won't find that on television or on Twitter or any of the other things that would distract us He filled his mind with the right things. Stephen could both quote the Scripture and and in a sense, more remarkably, because you can can learn to memorize something by rote and kind of have a a play button and you can recite a, a verse, but it's something else to be able to summarize the whole thing, to, to understand the big picture. This is a good time for me to invite you to get in on the next session of our Sunday school class devoted to the survey of the Bible. I think it's coming again in July. We do it for a month and then take a few months off and do it for a month. You will get a survey, an overview of every single book of the Bible and some really cool ways to remember those those things. If you've never done that, mark the month of July 
Come to the first service because I think this will be in the second service, won't it? It'll be during this service hour that you, that you need to be there. Get in that class. Take that. It's okay if you want to read through your Bible a few times in the meantime, but uh, learn it. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.